you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. I'm Daniel Jeremiah, and today is a fun one. I've got my buddy Peter Schrager. You know him from Good Morning Football. You know him from Fox Sports. Uh, Peter is plugged in as anybody in the National Football League and had a little time on his hands. I had a little time on my hands. So we got together, we joined forces, and we were able to put together a mock draft where we just go every other pick and go from one all the way to 32 and, and provide our analysis, what we're hearing, what we know about these players Thought it would be a really fun exercise, so I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. Uh, also want to encourage you, if you haven't checked it out yet, we have our 360 series, uh, which is out right now, where we're focusing on the top quarterbacks from this year's draft class. We do a deep dive, we study them, we talk about them as players, but then we get a chance to interview their college coaches, high school coaches, teammates, uh, those that have trained these guys in the lead up to the draft. It's really a deep dive on the top signal callers in this year's draft class. I think you will enjoy those. If you just check us out on uh, Apple Podcast, your favorite podcast app, uh, you can find the videos for these features on nfl.com slash mtsvideo. You can also check those out on YouTube, youtube.com slash nflpodcast. Well, let's go ahead and get this one started. This is uh, me and my buddy, Peter Schrager. This is going to be a fun one. Cincinnati Bengals on the clock next Two Thursdays from now. All right. Well, let me just start by saying they have the first pick. The best player in the draft is Chase Young, who's Ohio State right down the road, second most important position in football. So with the first – I'm not going to do that. I'm You're gonna not going there. No, I'm no, going to no, take no. Joe Burrow. Uh, I'm right. going to take the best quarterback in the draft. I think they'll have options, and you will know more about this than I will. But from folks I talk to, if they wanted a haul, they could get out, and I'm sure Miami would come up and give them a haul of picks. But it, my rules, personal rules, you don't trade off of a franchise quarterback, and that can be your guy for the next 15 years. Turn in the card, it's Joe Burrow. Yeah, and, and you know the thing that, that was big at the combine was that Burrow might not be dying to go to Cincinnati. I think a lot of that has tempered down a lot by the time we got into March, and now with what's going on, like everything I hear is that Burrow would be more than happy to be the face of the Cincinnati Bengals in his home state, especially with what they did in the free agency season where they actually went against the grain and spent a couple couple dollars and brought in some new guys. Um, I'm che- I feel like I'm doing a f- I'm checking. I've got my list. I'm just checking it off here. Shregs. I'm just like going through, checking them off one by one. So he's gone. Got, Who's next? I've got my board. Number two. Um, no funny business here either. Uh, this comes from everything I'm hearing. Chase Young is going number two to the Washington Redskins. Let's not get silly. Let's just do what you've got to do to have an identity. The real issue here with Tua going to the Redskins is they haven't had a chance to have him in the facility. They don't know what, what you know, their doctors haven't seen him. So you look at the Redskins, they have a strength on their team, and people would argue you don't just draft something that you already have, and they have a great defensive line, and Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen, and Matt Ioannidis, and even Ryan Kerrigan is still playing good football at 31 years old so why would you take chase young well because you're ron rivera and you're a defensive coach and you have an identity and we're going to punch you in the mouth and we'll go from there do i think Dwayne haskins is better than tua i don't know do i know that Dwayne haskins will be under center next season i know at least he's healthy enough to be and my doctors can tell me so and my last point on on haskins good opportunity for him in a weird
weird way with what's going on to exhibit his leadership throughout this entire strange situation in the country and say, okay, guys, let's get together. Let's get on Zoom. Let's get some workouts going virtually, whatever it is. Um, I think that actually hurts Tua quite a bit that he can't meet with the Redskins one-on-one multiple times and certainly didn't have a pro day. One thing I think that's harder for the Redskins here is if they did want to make the decision to go quarterback is if they just haven't had as much time around Dwayne Haskins because of the building's being shut down. So I think that would have made that decision a lot easier for them if they just had a better feel for what they had there. Um, but, Shregs, you know, we talk about all the defensive linemen they have with the Redskins. Last year, third down defense, dead last. Yeah. So it, not good enough. Yep. So let's get some more firepower. Chase Young, I love that pick there at number two. Um, I'll go to Detroit here at number three. Again, I feel like we're, we're going chalk here to start this thing. It'll, it'll get off the rails, I promise you, at some point in time. <laughs> but when you trade Darius Slay, you open up a need on your roster. And to me, there's a tremendous drop-off from Slay to Trufant. Uh, they still need a premier corner. And if you look at the Bill Belichick tree – and look what Bill Belichick has really adapted as his defensive philosophy. He's one of the few guys that believes you kind of work it back to front, uh, investing your money in the secondary, and you can kind of fill in uh, along the defensive line. I, I think they end up going with Jeffrey Akuda from Ohio State, the top corner, plug-and-play guy. Uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. The only question would be, do they take him at three, or more likely, if they have an opportunity, slide back to five or six, get the same player. Yeah, you know, I was on uh, the Around the League podcast with Chris Wessling why? and those guys. Why were you doing that? They the they were they were very How much very did they pay you for that. They were very aggressive over text message. No, they were actually great. And Wessling made a good point. He was like, if you're a Lions fan, like you just got rid of Slay, who's probably you know going to be a better player than Okuda next year, like how could you justify trading Slay and then saying, okay, we're just going to draft another corner? What would be your response to that? Uh, well, the money difference. Uh, yeah. First of all, you're, you would have had to pay Slay big money going forward. They didn't want to do that. So you get, even though he's a first-round pick, you're going to get a more affordable option. You get a younger player, um, and he's going to have a long, sustained career there. And they can use that money they saved on Slay to invest it in other areas of their roster. So um, I, I, to me, that's why it, it makes sense there. But I, I don't know when I look at what their other options are here, what other players could be in the mix. I love Isaiah Simmons, but you look at, at that team right now, and I just think Okuda makes a bigger impact for them with where yeah. they are in the roster. Yeah, at number four, the New York Giants. Um, I think they go offensive line. I don't think they take Isaiah Simmons here. And I think it's going to be Jedrick Wills. That's my pick here out of Alabama. Versatile tackle or guard. And you say, okay, well, let's break down Wirfs versus Becton versus, versus well, I, this is such a such a silly thing to say, but like Nick Saban coached Wills. Joe Judge worked for Nick Saban. There's a comfort there. I feel like Joe Judge is a good uh, judge of character of guys he's had and at least knows the pipeline. If there was any affection there and everyone s says this kid is the real deal as far as character and performance and potential, I think that seems like the of the three, of Becton, of Wirfs, who's coming out of Iowa, and of course, Wills. I don't hear a lot about Wills as much as those other two, and he didn't have the combine performance that everyone else did. I think that that makes more sense for the Giants just based on the fact that they haven't had a chance to meet with these other guys, and they might not be as familiar with the other two prospects at offensive line. Yeah, I would say I heard early on that that he the Gettleman liked Tristan Wirfs, so I have had Tristan Wirfs going there. However, and talking to a whole host of teams, I would say the majority of them have Jedrick Wills as the top offensive lineman in this draft. Mm. To me, he's number two. I have Becton first, and then I have Wills there. I think Wills is a better player right now. Becton, you're kind of betting on the come a little bit of what he can become because he's such a physical freak. Um, so that's why I have it. But I think those two guys are the top two, two, and I think the safer play, which would lean more 
towards Dave Gettleman's sensibilities uh, would be Jedrick Wills. So I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, five, the Miami Dolphins. They're sitting there. There's a couple quarterbacks on the board. What's the pick, DJ? Well, fortunately here at, uh, at Jeremiah Draft Headquarters, we don't have a medical department. So I don't have to be beholden to a medical grade here, and I can just take who I think is the best football player. And so for me, the Miami Dolphins at number five, I'm going to go Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Um, I'm not going to rush him onto the field. Um, but I just think when you look at him on the field and compare him side by side with Justin Herbert, I think Tua is a much better football player. Uh, and the fact that I don't have a medical grade right in front of me, I can't disqualify him. So that, I'm going to go with Tua. I'm going to quickly push back on you because in your latest mock draft, you actually assigned, I believe, Herbert to the Dolphins and not Tua. The reasoning being what? The reason being that I've heard from talking to a bunch of folks that the Miami Dolphins love Joe Burrow. That's pretty universal. After Joe Burrow, there's a split in the room. And you hear uh, Justin Herbert has some supporters and Tua has some supporters. So if it's close, Ty goes to the healthier player. So to me, if I'm guessing right now of what they will do, um, I could make a case, okay, you know, Justin Herbert might have a little bit of a leg up here just because of the health factor. Um, but with this one, because we're pals, I want to take who I want to take there. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Tua there because that's what I'd like to see happen for them. Which leaves the Los Angeles Chargers at six, a team that you do radio color for during the season, a team that I have been tracking very closely this offseason at the quarterback position. They lose Phillip Rivers. They have Terod Taylor. I think they draft either Tua or Herbert, whoever's there at six. I'm going to go with Justin Herbert with the sixth overall okay. pick to the Los Angeles Chargers, your heir apparent to uh, Phillip Rivers down the road. I don't know if he starts in year one. I think he could start in year one when you're a senior who was a Rose Bowl MVP and an academic All-American. I think you could pick up an offense. I also think physically at the combine, he showed some things that I was not necessarily aware of. The arm was incredible, and he looks the part. Like This is a big, strong ox of a guy with a brain. I, I know a lot of NFL evaluators are down on the leadership, which to me seems like a vague and tangible, and not because he's been arrested four times, but because he's a little bit quieter than your typical quarterbacks. I would point to Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, not exactly rah-rah, look at me, guys. I've made my case. Justin Herbert goes six to the Los Angeles Chargers. So this is something I've hinted at and haven't talked a lot about it, but this is where the fascinating decision would be. If, if two is off the board, right, and we assume and we long have assumed it would be a quarterback, they have a need, it's either going to be Tua Herbert, Herbert or Tua. Depending on who's there, the decision is going to be made for them. But let's just assume maybe they have much higher grades on Tua than they okay. can't get up to get him. Okay, so now mm -hmm. you're sitting there at number six and you've got Justin Herbert, who you like, but you don't love. And you've got Isaiah Simmons, who mm -hmm. when you are in that division with Patrick Mahomes and Talk trying to it. slow down that Chiefs offense and you have Derwin James and you have Joey Bosa, you have Melvin Ingram. Um, you've got who I think is one of the, the young is going to be a young star at linebacker and Drew Tranquil, who nobody talks about. I don't even know Drew Tranquil's game. Yeah, player. don't know his game. Um, they've got you go out and get Chris Harris. You've got Casey Hayward. I mean, this could be one of the best defenses in the NFL and one that's geared to try and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. People think think about last year, how bad the season went for the Chargers. And look at those two games against the Chiefs. I don't think Mahomes threw for 200 yards in either yeah. contest. He didn't. And now you drop a guy like Isaiah Simmons with his versatility, athleticism, and length. Um, that would be a fascinating one. Then, of course, they have to roll with Tyrod Taylor this year. Maybe they get their quarterback. Maybe it's Jalen Hurts in the second round. Yeah. Or maybe that's something they do next year. But I think that's at least a discussion that I has to it. take place there. I love it. All right. That said, Simmons is still on the board. 
Seven not, overall. Not much longer. Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule, and uh, and my man Marty Herney are up on the clock. But DJ, you're the one making the pick. Panthers at seven. Well, go ahead. To me, the first pick of Matt Rule's regime there, let's, let's go with Isaiah Simmons. And when you look at the turnaround that he had at Temple, the turnaround he had at Baylor, it required patience. When I talked to him and went and visited with him in Waco, and then we had him on our podcast, and uh, we talked about when you take over a team, what are you trying to do? And he emphasized speed. Uh, I want to have fast football teams, long, fast players. And so when I look at that with the character of Isaiah Simmons, to me, it's your first pick as an NFL head coach. You line that you line that drive up and put it right in the middle of the fairway. So I'm going to go Isaiah Simmons. It's a no-brainer. Geographically, too, it makes a lot of sense. Star at Clemson, stays in the Carolinas. They have a local guy that they can build around. And especially in an offseason where you lose Cam Keekley and Olsen, who are maybe the three most recognizable Panthers outside of McCaffrey. Um, I love it. I think that's a great pick, and I think they'd be doing flips if he was sitting there at seven. I'm kind of waiting for you, by the way, because we've got eight coming up here. Yeah. And with your relationship with Kingsbury, yeah, like I'll I'm, tell waiting, you they're taking. I'm I'll waiting tell for you. this to expand, and we're going to have a three shot here, and then Kingsbury's going to come on Kingsbury and just tell us exactly who they're picking. All right. Yeah. No, the truth is I have no idea who they're taking. <laughs> but if I'm looking at their team, I would have thought maybe wide receiver at the combine. Um, but then you make a trade for DeAndre Hopkins, and now you've got a Hopkins, Fitzgerald, and Kirk. You don't need that. Offensive line is a need, and they've got offensive line on the board. But I'm going with Derek Brown out of Auburn, the big okay. defensive tackle. I feel like that's still a giant gaping hole for their team. They addressed it with a few players in free agency. They've got some guys on the roster. But Derek Brown... One of those guys that had a huge 2019, um, could have gone pro after 2018. I think he actually helped his draft stock. I'd be, I'd be shocked if he fell to the top 10. This seems like a, it makes a lot of sense. Not a flashy pick, um, but a darn good player. Derek Brown goes to the Arizona Cardinals at eight overall. Okay. I, I like that one. Um, Derek Brown is a great, great player. This is one, we're not doing trades in this mock draft, but I think in this scenario you could see a trade um, with Jacksonville. So I, I think they've been very adamant about going out and trying to collect picks this year as well as picks in next year's draft. Do you um, think, I'm going to interrupt you, do you think yeah, there's an urgency because of the fact that they got rid of Coughlin, they got rid of all these star players? Like, is Dave Caldwell going to want to, and Doug Marone too, are they going to want to hit a home run here in the first, or you think they're still looking long-term you know, I let's try to I build. Think, a, I think this has been a reset on this franchise okay. when you look at all okay. the change. So I don't think I don't think of it like, man, we've got to get these guys that are come on. And we're going to win 12 games with this group of players. I Remember think when we're Grigson, get solid Grigson foundation. took like Philip Dorsett in the first round. I was like, we're right there. And my job is kind of like you don't feel that. No, I, I, I don't sense that. So I actually think you could see them trade down, accumulate more picks. Again, there's the Trevor Lawrence lottery that's going to take place for next year's draft. And I think you're going to see some of these teams. Now, I, I like Minshew and I think they're going to see what they have with him. Him this year but this is very much a trial period for him if it doesn't go well they could be in the quarterback market next year and having a bunch of assets in a in a draft that not just features trevor lawrence a couple of the really intriguing players as well uh, i wouldn't sleep on that but since we're going to stick and pick here yeah. jacksonville has holes all over their defense shrigs i mean they they need help everywhere and i think we see kind of a little a little mini run on d tackles here i'm gonna go javon kinlaw uh going to the jacksonville jags here a big defensive tackle out of south carolina who is long very explosive at the Senior Bowl before he, he shut it down. He dominated mm -hmm. for a couple of days of practice there and uh, tremendous upside. And actually reminded me a little bit of, of Marcus Stroud. You know, you think about when they had Stroud and Henderson there on those Jags teams going back in the day. This is that type of player. Kinlaw might be a little raw, but if you're thinking long term, this he might be the best prospect uh, on the defensive line in this entire draft. I love it. That's who I had them taking in my last mock draft as well. Sort of about team needs, but also about here's a guy whose stock has really improved over the last 12 months. All right, number two. 
10. So which tackle are you giving to Cleveland here, Shriggs? Who you got? Yeah, they're going to take one, right? I mean, I saw that uh, that you had Isaiah Simmons falling, and I understand how that could happen. He's not he's not in the, in the board right now. He's been taken by yep. Carolina. I'm going to say with the 10th overall pick, Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa goes to the Cleveland Browns. I, I, I see the 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 can't miss type factor of at least we know an Iowa offensive lineman at a Ference's you know program is going to come and play. It's not going to be a total washout, and not that Becton would be a washout, but there seems to be a lot more comfort amongst these GMs with the Tristan Wirf selection over Becton, despite what Becton's done at the combine and how big and how strong and how nimble he is. I've got Tristan Wirfs going ten to the Cleveland Browns. Your thoughts? Wow, Tristan Wirfs to me is interesting because when I first watched him, uh, I, I thought he'd be a guard, and it reminded me a little bit of uh, Brandon Sheriff when he was coming out. Uh, very sure. strong, very physical, but I thought it, it, the term I like to use, he'd be better off if he had two neighbors instead of one. He needs to live in the middle of the street, not on the end of the street. Um, but you look what he did at the combine. You're like, okay, I acknowledge this guy's a phenomenal athlete, but he has areas he needs to clean up. He oversets a ton, which means, if you don't know what that means, he's he's jumping yeah. out too far. He gets beat by Guy up and under inside. moves a bunch, yeah. um, and that's that worries me a little bit. Um, so I had him as my third tackle, but I'm ec- ec- ecstatic that you just <laughs> took him here because that leaves for the Jets uh, big Mackay Becton, uh, which is going to continue this offseason theme of trying to protect Sam Darnold and that's what they would do in this situation if you have a guy like Becton uh, plug and play he doesn't have negative tape Uh, he just doesn't get beat he's a massive humanity he dominates in the run game this is one of those picks that when you're watching at home as we all will be watching at home you will see Sam Darnold pumping his fist and you might see Le'Veon Bell jump off the couch uh, (laughs) because they're going to be so excited to to run and, and throw behind this big fella so there you go you got your top three offensive tackles off the board you've got the top defensive lineman, but only three quarterbacks, meaning Love is still on the board, and now we're at the Correct. 12 spot with the Raiders, and yet I think the Raiders would take C.D. Lamb, wide receiver out of Oklahoma, if the draft fell this way. It could be Lamb, it could be Judy, it could be Ruggs. I have no insight on right now. I don't even know if they've set their board at the wide receiver position, but I would think they would go wide receiver at 12, and I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb, pair him with some of the other young wide receivers they got, Williams, Renfro, and work along from there. So C.D. Lamb, who, DJ, I had a GM compare him to DeAndre Hopkins recently. I don't know if that's a little bit too rich a generous, no, I, but I, I, Hopkins I've made the is, same comparison. <laughs> I mean, that is as that's as probably as dominant a wide receiver at that that build and body and I think Lamb is even taller than him. So Yeah, to me when you look at, at CD Lamb, what he does after the catch is what I love. That's why I have him as the top receiver in the draft and he can go up the ladder and, and go after the football the way Hopkins does. I would give Hopkins a little bit of an edge as kind of a 50-50 catcher. But after the catch, I would give Lamb a decided advantage over Hopkins with what he does. He's phenomenal uh, after the catch. So I like that pick there for the Raiders. And now I think we see you know, could potentially see a little bit of a run on wideouts. Um, we have one there with 12. I'm going to come back with one in San Francisco. Okay. And you think about that Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan literally saw the ring pulled off of his finger by Tyreek Hill. And the throw was incredible. The throw was incredible. Should we from run Mahomes. Wasp? Should we run Wasp? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he puts in Wasp. Maybe he puts in Wasp <laughs> down there with the Niners. But he had a front row seat to see how that speed played. I mean, as great as the throw was and taking a nine-step drop from the gun, which I'd never seen before, which is 14 yards back. It's ridiculous. 
But the, 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 there was 10 yards of separation. I mean, there was so much separation. Tyreek Hill caught it like a punt. Um, but that's the speed and the biggest play of the game and the biggest game of the year. The speed was the difference. And Kyle Shanahan now gets to get his own guy that he can play with. Can you imagine all that stretch boot that they run in, in the Shanahan system where you can buy Jimmy Garoppolo time and you've got from one side of the field Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs is the pick. All right. Henry Ruggs is the I, pick. That's why I'm taking Henry Ruggs. I think this gives them an unbelievable toy to play with in this offense. They get Jalen Hurd back healthy. You get Debo Samuel taking that next step, and you just dropped in Carl Lewis in the middle of this offense. Um, I'm here for for it man that's what i want to see it's a great pick and i gotta tell you the the niners to me and i get criticized on good morning football for being so pro niners because you know you and lynch and shanahan are all buddies for them to be able to not lose buckner or armstead but instead flip buckner for a 13th overall pick in a great draft and then keep armstead and then keep jimmy ward i mean that's a great job in free agency and if they get henry ruggs it's almost like a wash with Buckner. You say, all right, well, we kept Armstead. We got guys. It's a fantastic job just playing the chessboard. It would be fun. And I would also, we'll get to pick 31 here in a little bit, but I would anticipate you will see them trade out. One of these picks, they're going to trade back. They don't have a two, three, or four. So yeah, they're they going to end have, up yeah, trading yep. back with one of these ones to collect some picks. Gotcha. All right, 14, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady is the quarterback. You need another offensive lineman. I'll go with Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Let's just keep Brady upright. I don't care if the Bucks go offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. If they're going to be relevant this year, it's going to be because Brady's the quarterback, not Blaine Gabbert. They have a good offensive line. I don't think it's a terrible one, but they can upgrade a little bit. Thomas could play tackle, could play guard. Um, very highly regarded, probably not in that top three conversation, but definitely in that top five. I'll go with Andrew Thomas out of Georgia with the 14th overall pick. Yeah, he's. I think he's somewhere on my 17th player. Um, I have uh, those other three guys. There's a little bit of a gap. If you don't get one of the big three, I think you could see a little bit of a gap before Andrew Thomas, but uh, he's still a good player who's going to be a day one starter for Tampa. So, you know, protecting Tom Brady, I thought for a moment here, we could be looking at Jordan Love uh, with this pick. There's been a lot of heat out there that they really like Jacob Eason. But Ooh. this just feels to me like this is all chips in on Tom Brady yes. for one or two years, and you're not going to draft his replacement in the first yeah. round. You're going to draft somebody to come in and help him. So uh, I agree. I see that very similar there. All right, now we get to 15 with Denver. And in this scenario, it, it, everything seems to be pointing to trying to get another weapon for Drew Locke. Um, when you made the trade of Emmanuel Sanders last year, I think – partly because you know what you have in Cortland Sutton, who's a premier, I think, a premier number one wideout in this league. And with the depth in this draft class, you could get him kind of the Robin to his Batman. Yeah, yeah. And Jerry Judy is a heck of a Robin. Does um, this not fill out perfectly for them if that's what they're looking for? I think there's a chance you could see them try and trade up uh, yeah. in this draft because when you look at the teams ahead of them, they might be worried about, man, we could see three go in a row. Jets could go receiver. Raiders could go receiver. Niners could go receiver. So if you see a trade with Denver moving up, you have to believe it's to get in front of that receiver row uh, there. But in this scenario, they stick and pick and got Jerry Judy, who some folks believe is the best receiver in the draft. So not too bad. I, I know one team for sure told me that Judy is their number one on the board. If he slips to 15, Denver, I think, would be very happy to take him, which leads to 16, the Atlanta Falcons. We know they did a bunch of moves on all offense um, this past month when they really have a first round pick at every position, it seems like in all 11 spots are all first round picks, whether it be Todd Gurley, Hayden Hurst, whoever, but the Falcons at 16, I know they love their linebacker and core. I know they've been good, but if I'm looking at 16, I feel like I need to get 
at least an edge rusher or someone I can, I'm going to take AJ Epineza out of Iowa. Solid defensive lineman. Um, I think Dan Quinn and Raheem Morris would love to have another gamer on that D line. Isn't necessarily, you tell me, but isn't necessarily your Von Miller pass rusher, but just a sturdy, you know, down lineman. Let's stop the run and let's get to the quarterback. It can be kind of that five technique. If you think about that uh, defense that, that Pete Carroll's run, that Dan Quinn runs, you see with Gus Bradley, they can play with a heavier end and then they play with an undersized end. So he would be that heavier end, somebody that can also kick inside and rush inside. Um, that would kind of be his role there. If they, you know, you bring in Fowler, I could envision a third down package where you're going to have Fowler coming off the edge and you'd have Epinesa lined up inside of him. Uh, kind of go back to what the, the nine used to do remember when they had justin smith and alden oh, yeah. smith and, and cowboy and alden yep. yeah yeah how about that? that that's another story for another podcast that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that we'll see how that all goes um but i like that i like that move there okay let's get to uh you just went atlanta so i got the cowboys i got your okay. fighting dallas cowboys here uh i might switch it up on you here shregs okay what do we got because I think everything's kind of pointing towards defense. You know, you could look at corner, um, another edge rusher to, to come opposite of, of Lawrence, Demarcus Lawrence. But I'm going to say, man, they're getting ready to scratch a big check for Dak Prescott. Big check. What? Wow. So, Are you going there? I'm not going to take a quarterback. Okay. I'm going to get somebody to help my quarterback. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson from LSU love it. and give this give Dak Prescott another weapon in this offense. You bring so, back Amari Cooper. Now you have Justin Jefferson. Uh, let's you know you're going to find your way into some shootouts once you get into the postseason, especially. Uh, let's get some more firepower here. I'm going to go switch it up. Go Justin Jefferson to the Cowboys. Hey, his numbers. It, their last year are silly. I think he had 18 touchdowns, 111 receptions. And I talked to a uh, offensive coach going into the wide receiver drill saying he's really good, but that offense was loaded. And like, you'll see when he does his measurements, he's not as fast as maybe you'd four, hope. Four, four, three. And then, yeah. And then he blew up the combine and it's like, I'm a first round pick. Shut up. Right. How about, how about his numbers? So, and I was expecting him to run kind of in the mid four fives. I mean, as he's running his 40, I, I'm already like setting the table. Like I love this guy so much. I'm like, don't be alarmed if he doesn't run vid. He ran fast. Okay, yeah. never mind. Just scratch yeah. that from the record. No, he's he's as fast. I think if you put up his numbers and Sammy Watkins' numbers, uh, they're almost identical. Um, so yeah. he's got that type of speed, and he's a phenomenal route runner, and the character is off the charts. Yeah, and that's our fourth wide receiver taken on the top eighteen picks. Um, it, it it leads to eighteen, where I I'm looking at the Dolphins right now. Okay, so we've got Tua already taken right with your fifth pick. Yep. And now I'm thinking, what else do I... I feel like they still need some offensive firepower, but everyone... And I, I did a mock draft. I didn't give them an offensive lineman in that first round, and everyone freaked out. It was like, you have to protect whoever they you're taking. They are awful, awful on the offensive line. But they're is it awful in other bad? areas as well. They're ter- that was one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen last year. I, awful. Is that right? Okay, awful. so we've got this terrible offensive line. Everyone's saying how bad they are. Okay, fine. I'm going to go with a bit of a of a reach. Tell me if you think this is too early for this player, but he, I think he's 20 years old, super athletic at a USC, Austin, Austin Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Too early or no at 18? What I would think you say? It's, I think it's a little early based off how he played last year, but when you factor in how young he is, when you factor in he missed the offseason because he donated his bone yes. marrow to his sister who was going through a trying ordeal. So he didn't get a chance to train or anything, and the season kind of started and just he went. And he has – uh, the athleticism you love. He's a 20-year-old kid. He's one of the youngest players in the draft. Um, so there's more to come with him, but it's going to take a little bit of time to develop. I do think he'll find his way into the first round, Shregs. You know, I, I mentioned how bad this offensive line was. I'm not a mathematician, but um, they were last in the league in sacks. They were last in the league in rushing. So 
throwing and running are those kind of important deal right in the in this little game of football that would help yeah they're not great either one so getting somebody that can help there on the offensive line long term i mean that's the thing it's like he's they're not winning the super bowl next year right like we know that and if you have two and you have this kid you've got two young guys maybe you got your left hand remember when uh it was like matt ryan and sam baker were taking the same year and it was like that's what we're gonna build around like it's one of those deals you get your quarterback you get your offensive tackle and let's go from there all right sam baker by the way son of the, the, the king himself, David Baker. Nicely done. Uh, I knew you had to pull. I don't know why I even challenged you with that. That was a softball. Um, all right, where are we at here? What pick are we at? 19? Raiders at 19. They got C.D. Lamb with the 12th pick. Okay, the Raiders got C.D. Lamb with the 12th pick. They were aggressive in free agency. They went out and got a couple linebackers that they really like. Um, I still, though, look at the corner position and think they could address that. They've got the wide receiver taken care of. I'm going to go corner, and as as Schrager likes to shop at, uh, at Nordstrom, uh, – Mike Mayock likes to shop at Clemson. So I'm going to go A.J. Terrell from Early. Clemson to play opposite of Trayvon Mullen, his former teammate at Clemson, to give him two long athletic corners they can build around. Early, dude. Is that is that, is that as early as I've seen him? I like him. I think he had a very rough national championship game when most people got to watch him. But is that early 19 for A.J. Terrell? The f- I don't think it's crazy. I think when you look at him and watch him over the whole season, um, I think he's got a lot of good tape. He's tough. He's he's tall, long, fast, so you love that. He got beat up by Jamar Chase in the national championship game. Jamar Chase is probably going to be a top five pick next he's year. He's going to beat up a lot of people. He beats up a lot of folks. And in, in that game, it wasn't like it was somebody that was grossly out of position and just getting torched. He's in great position. He just, what do you do? You know, he got Des Bryanted uh, on a couple balls in that game. So I think he's a good player. Um, and I think when you look at the needs here, I think corner is one and just knowing Mayock a little bit CJ Henderson from Florida I have a higher grade on and I think I expect him when it's all said and done if it falls right that he will go as the second corner but he is not a good tackler uh, which dings him a little bit on his toughness and if we know anything about Mayock he is all about toughness so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go shopping at Clemson again here I like it and you mentioned uh the great CJ Henderson out of Florida who is a lightning fast player and Believes he's one of the top corners in this draft. I think that's the next pick. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars at 20. I will go C.J. Henderson. You still haven't filled that void. When you lose A.J. Boye and you lose Jalen Ramsey, I think this makes a lot of sense. C.J. Henderson, a Florida product. Back in the day, it used to be like the Jaguars would only exclusively shop at Florida. Remember they used to have all those guys? I'm going with C.J. Henderson to the Jaguars, 20th overall. I like that one. Now this puts me in a tough spot here with the Philadelphia Eagles at 21. You think receiver, and if you pick anything other than a receiver, the oh people gosh. of Philadelphia, they'll, they'll, they'll revolt. Be They're going to be, be unhappy. unhappy. No question. So when we look at the top four guys being gone, now you're looking at, for me, a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who I love from Arizona State. I think it would be a great fit there, what he can do, run after catch, can be that vertical speed guy, plays much faster than he ran. I think he ran 4-5 flat. He, he blows by everybody on tape. So that's an option. You've got T. Higgins, not the fastest guy in the world, but you know a play above the rim, 50-50 ball uh, player. And then you know you've got Jalen Rager. I think it's a little early for him, the, yeah. the speed receiver from TCU. So Eagle fans, I know you're going to be upset with this, but just get on board. This is the first time in a million years you go linebacker in the first round. You go Kenneth Murray I from Oklahoma, it. and you get somebody you can park right in the middle of that defense that can be a stud for them and be the leader of that defense for the next decade. Tell him a little bit about this kid's character and what he's made of. Off the charts. uh, Special needs siblings. And he is 
ultra involved in in their lives and just the people at Oklahoma this kid walked on or this kid uh, got to campus as a 17 year old started day one at Oklahoma uh, that doesn't happen all that often a, immediate impact leader on that team he's just got special wiring so um, and he's look he's 6'2 240 pounds and can fly too so you, you're not sacrificing the player but you also get the person and the leader I talked to somebody at Oklahoma Shregs that said this is one of my three favorite players I've ever been around like that's how special this kid is i've told this story i think i said it at the combine when we were on the broadcast but an offensive coach so not even a defensive coach told me the morning after meeting with kenneth murray that was my favorite combine interview i've ever been a part of that this kid is that good and that much of a leader so i actually between us i think i i think eagles fans might be like linebacker but i would be surprised if he was even available at 21 with with the with the in with the variables of this draft and people not knowing about character and not knowing about what these guys can do on the board necessarily like i, I think that's almost a sure thing that this kid's going to be a good player yeah it's to me i've i've used this phrase in talking to some gm buddies which is this is a this is a doubles draft man you don't swing for the fences get guys that you feel comfortable about you know them you know what they bring and just try and stack those types of players up you know i just taking taking wild swings and risks when you don't have the information um i think that can get you in some trouble just just hit it right in the fairway this kid to me you're not going to miss on kenneth murray i love it um next team is the minnesota vikings at 22 in the stefan diggs trade uh very interesting spot right now because you lose Diggs and you think okay is ola bc johnson going to be the number two wide receiver to adam thielen but they also had a lot of needs on offensive line they lost some defensive backs I am going to go with the 22nd pick for the Minnesota Vikings. I'm looking at my board, and I think the selection is going to be a defensive back, a corner out of Utah. Nope. I'm going different. come on. I'm going different. I'm going with the defensive back out of LSU. I'm going Christian Fulton, Fulton. the cornerback out of LSU. I know you like the Utah Johnson kid more. I've seen him in your mock draft higher. He might be a better athlete. I feel like big games is what Rick Spielman likes to look at. I feel like big opportunities. Christian Fulton is going to be a starter in the NFL. It's not a safe pick necessarily, but he's a guy who I think it's a first-round grade, and with what the Vikings are trying to fill out on defense, losing Xavier Rhodes, losing some other players, I like Christian Fulton, 22, to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and Christian Fulton, look, he he got – beat up on some plays this year but you got to remember the kid they had on the other side stingley is the best cornerback in all of college football young kid and people tried him early in the year and quickly realized uh -uh, uh, we'll we'll go after fulton we'll take our chances with fulton so he did give up some plays but he's another one who you know when you talk to people there they compare him personality and character wise to tredavious white and we know what he's he's emerged to be in the nfl so um, i see you there with minnesota they they need a receiver but they go uh, corner there they still have another pick here coming up in a minute so we'll see what they do there and now right. the most uh, the most important pick maybe in the entire first round. Yeah, the, Min- so we ha- the Minnesota Vikings are not the pick. It's the New England Patriots at twenty three. So we have the New England Patriots here. I, I don't think they go quarterback. I'm, I'm going to go with kind of a an ode to Logan Mankins and say that they are going to take somebody maybe a little bit earlier than you think, but they know he's just going to be a really good player that can that can plug in for them. But I'm going to say they go Caesar Ruiz from wow, Michigan a center. here, who can play any of the three interior spots. Um, it's the most Patriots thing. We all think sexy, and they think nope. Let's go get let's go get the four by four. Uh, let's go get the center from Michigan. So that's my uh, surprise there for the Pats. 
They got Chase Winovich last year out of Michigan. Now they double down. With, it, what's the reaction from Patriots? And I'm not saying they're crazy. Like I they're think not they Jets fans trust. who go bonkers or Eagles fans on a pick. Like, do they trust the process and say, okay, Belichick knows? That's my guess. Is that they just say, oh, he's, oh yeah, he's yeah, our, yeah, we know something the rest of the league doesn't know. Yeah. All right, 24. The Saints are up. I loved going out and getting Emmanuel Sanders. I think getting Malcolm Jenkins is good. Um, there maybe I was looking at rosters yesterday, DJ. I think the Saints might have the best roster in football. Like I struggled to come up with needs, man. Like when I was going through and putting my needs together with them and trying to figure out what direction that they could go, I'm like, ah, what? I don't know, man. They're, they're pretty good across the board here. They're absolutely loaded and. You know, they don't have a third wide receiver necessarily that you'd say, okay, that's the guy and this is a good wide receiver draft. But I'm going to go and stay in that state. I'm going to go with Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU. And you could talk more about the player. I'm thinking more about the team. This is the kind of guy that they know is going to make an impact. Maybe only had one year at LSU where he was a star, but he was a star and he might be the fastest linebacker in in, in the entire draft, right? Yeah, he's my he's I actually have him over Kenneth Murray. So that tells you what I think of him. You know, you have Isaiah Simmons is the top linebacker. Some people list him as a safety. Um, But I have Isaiah Simmons, Queen and then Murray. So and I'm with you in terms of where this roster is. I could see them saying, hey, we're just going to take the best available player because uh, you don't really have a glaring need when you when you look at him on paper. So I I love that pick. I think that makes a lot of sense. Now we get to. Uh, well, I got Minnesota, their second one here. Well, you didn't go receiver, so you left the, the Christian the work Fulton to me. was the pick at twenty two. What's you went the pick Fulton. at twenty? I'm gonna go with Ayuk. I'm gonna go Brandon Ayuk. I like it. from Arizona State, who is unbelievable after the catch. Kirk Cousins get the ball out of your hands quick. Let this kid go. Let him uh, make something happen. Although I would not rule out with them uh, trading back and, and picking up an interior offensive lineman yeah. as well. Bradbury's a stud at center. They got to get better at guard next to him. So uh, Elfline did not play well last year. So I would imagine you'll see them attack that position early on. Ayuk is uh, one of these guys who's at a, a what would you say, a glamour position, but maybe wasn't a household name like Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs. What would be the dossier on Ayuk if, if they get taken? Can, is he better than what Diggs might have been when he came in the league? Like, what are we looking at? Well, he it was different. I mean, Diggs, you know, just hadn't been healthy at Maryland. He was a five-star recruit. Everybody knew about him. Um, and then just kind of slipped because he wasn't healthy. And he was a more polished route runner coming out than Ayuk is. Um, Ayuk, though, I would say... Uh, you know, is even after the catch, I would probably give Ayuk a little bit of an edge there. He's phenomenal. He's a returner. He's outstanding in that area. This is a kid that toughness standpoint was offered coming out of junior college by all the SEC programs as a corner, uh, mm-hmm. but wanted to play wide receiver. So he went to Arizona State. So this is a, this kid's really, really tough and physical and had to take a back seat his first year at Arizona State after junior college with Nikhil Harry there. And I yep. think in hindsight, that was a mistake. I think he's a much better player uh, than Nikhil Harry. And that'll be reflected at the next level and of course Nikhil Harry a first round pick a year ago um all right interesting the third Dolphins pick right now and remember we got Tua and then I went really early with Austin Jackson the offensive lineman out of USC you know what this is probably going to be looked at as a reach by you and maybe by others but I I love that they have Devontae Parker, who started playing well. I like the kid, uh, I believe Williams, who had some moments yep. last year. But I think they're going to go wide receiver. And I'm going with a speed guy and a guy who lit it up at the combine. I'm going Denzel Mims. Here we go. Out of Baylor to the Dolphins with their third first-round pick, completing an offensive sweep of quarterback, offensive tackle, and wide receiver. 
Denzel Mims. Tell the folks about Denzel Mims, DJ. Well, he's he ran in the high four threes. This is somebody that has unbelievable acrobatic catches when you watch him on tape. Very athletic. Um, there's some inconsistency as a route runner. He wasn't asked to run the entire route tree, as we like to say in scouting. So it's going to take a little bit of time to develop as a complete receiver. Had a great week at the Senior Bowl and then an unbelievable combine. So if you look at the trend line with him, it just continued to climb as we've went through the process. Coming out of the fall, I don't think many folks would have thought of him as a first-round player, but I think as we get towards the draft, it's a distinct possibility. I had him. I took him over Lavishka Chanel, who I absolutely love. But I just feel like I don't know about Chanel. Lavishka hasn't been healthy, especially with what's going on in the country right now and the draft process being so weird. I have a hard time using a first round pick on Chanel. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll go in the first round. I think he'll go come off the board in the top of the second. Would be my guess. Um, but that gets me to uh, we got Seattle here, twenty seventh. Yeah. Seattle, I think, would like this situation because they've got their pick of a couple pass rushers. Yep. Um, Kayla Von Chason is still available right now mm-hmm. from from LSU. He's a real fastball coming off the edge. Yatur Gross Matos from Penn State is another very productive uh, rusher there in the Big Ten. I'm going to say they they opt for the athleticism and they go with Kayla Von Chason. We'll okay. see. You know, uh, what happens with them the rest of this draft but I think getting some more reinforcements along that defensive line will be a priority when you watched him this year you saw him get better each and every game and then played well once they got into the postseason there uh, with LSU but somebody that's long he's very very explosive with his first step he's still developing as a pass rusher um, going to be able to you know combine moves put them together widen his arsenal a little bit but no better team to go to than the Seattle Seahawks to help this kid kind of reach his full potential uh, 28 is the Baltimore Ravens. I am currently recording this with you from Baltimore and I will break the, uh, fourth wall. My in-laws and my wife and my brother-in-law, they're all diehard Ravens fans. And I wake up every morning as I'm here in Baltimore and they're asking me who the Ravens taking, who the Ravens <laughs> taking, you think I know what the Ravens are? I think the Ravens are going to take defense and yep. the guy that I have them taking gross Matos at a Penn state, uh, you know, everything I've heard about the guy is that he's a fantastic player, but also a great kid. He's overcome incredible tragedy in his life. And I think he's a first round pick. And I think he fits that Wink Martindale, uh, you know, John Harbaugh kind of mentality of I'll punch you in the mouth, but I'm also a smart player up here. He's somebody that the more I watched him, the more I liked him. Um, you know, when I first watched him, I'm like, okay, this guy plays a little bit upright. I don't know. But then I started really digging in on him. I thought, okay, this kid's a really polished pass rusher. Um, he's got great hands. He's a finisher at the top of his rush. Doesn't have that elite get off or twitch, um, but he can spin inside. He's got a nice, he's really outstanding when they loop him and stun him. Uh, in the run game, there's going to be times where he gets stuck on blocks, needs to get better in that department. But that's that's why you take a guy like that at this portion of the, of the first round. If he was clean in every other area, he'd be long gone by now. Now. Sure. Um, so I think this makes a lot of sense at this point in time. 29 is the Tennessee Titans. We know what they did this offseason. They found a way to keep Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, at least for the short term. What's the draft pick for John Robinson and the Titans at 29? Well, right now they would line up with Dennis Kelly at tackle. Uh, when you lose Jack Conklin, that would be the replacement. I would think they would like to upgrade there, um, and that would be an option. I think that they wait on that, though, and uh, and maybe attack that need a little bit later on. And I look at the board and see what's available right now, and I look on the defensive side of the ball. You can never have too many quality corners. I think they would go to a corner here, and I'll go Jalen Johnson here from Utah and plug that one in right mm. now. Uh, somebody that can, again, fits the culture. He's a real tough kid. Um, that's the Tennessee Titans brand of football. I think they will like the way this kid plays. 
Yeah, no, and you know they. What was his name? Kerry Combs, who was the defensive backs coach forever there from Ohio State uh, last couple of years. He's no longer there, but their strength, I think, at times is that defensive backfield. If I'm not mistaken, again, uh, I'm living in a basement in Baltimore. I believe Logan Ryan is no longer. He's a free agent. He hasn't Correct. been signed yet. That makes a lot of sense to me that they would go corner there. All right, keep us rolling here, Shriggs. All right, we got three more picks in the first round, and then we're done. Green Bay Packers. Whew, There's a quarterback with? still out there, Shriggs. There I is know, a quarterback the thing, that is like, still out there. Do you take him just for the sake of taking him? Because why not? I mean, who's their backup now? Is it Deshaun Kaiser is their backup? No, he's gone. I believe he is a Raider. Let's do it. Let's just go with it. I'm going to take the big boy Love out of Utah State here at 30th overall. It seems like I'm just doing it to fit a whole – but here Aaron Rodgers is now older than what Brett Favre was when they drafted Aaron Rodgers uh, back in 2005. I – I'm going to go with with love at Utah State and feel like, all right, at the very least, they, it's not going to get them to any further than the NFC Championship game. They don't have that instant, immediate guy, but it does set them up with a player they can groom, and LaFleur, obviously, an offensive coach, and they've got some good offensive coaches and Nathaniel Hackett out there, and Aaron Rodgers can groom someone. And, and I, look, Brett Hundley wasn't the answer. Clearly, Deshaun Kaiser wasn't the answer. Let's go with love at 30. And DJ, let me ask you, would you be shocked if he slipped to 30? I've had this potential scenario existing. To me, the team to watch is Oakland. Or I say Oakland. I'm going to mess that up a million it's times. Okay. The Raiders. Vegas. So if the Raiders pass on love twice, then I think then you're looking at New Orleans as a potential spot. But, man, with Drew Brees coming back for one more year, this feels like a, a similar to Tampa where it's just let's go, man. Let's go for this thing. Let's get somebody that can help uh, this year as try and get one one more trophy here. So, it, And then it's if it's not the Raiders and if it's not the Saints, this is where it is. This is the spot, the right? Green Bay Packers. And I, I personally, I would run that card up for Jordan Love at this point yeah. if I'm the Packers. You go from that long run with Brett Favre who hands it off to Aaron Rodgers and now potentially you can hand it off to this kid. What is that going to be, like 45 years of quarterbacking for three guys? I mean, uh, that's a dream uh, to have that type of a scenario right now. So to me, I would turn in the card. Anything can happen. And first of all, I don't know what the verb is. Is it, is it I'll zoom in the card? I, I don't know. What are we saying? Because yeah, Zoom is. That's a great is, question. Uh, is, it, is it I will email, text, is I'll Slack? No. My one question I love because I think the quarterbacks are the glamour position. We had the th- first three guys going in the top six. Is there any, ch- I mean, any chance? Of course there's a chance. Could you see teams taking Love before Tua or Herbert? Oh, I could. I, I've talked to teams that have Jordan Love ahead of Herbert. So. Um, that wouldn't completely shock me. And the other thing, when you compare him with Tua, is the health. You know, we, we keep factoring that in. And if you talk to any of the quarterback coaches, I'm sure you've talked to some, I've talked to some, we, everybody agrees, everybody says the same thing. Jordan Love's ceiling is higher than anybody else, including Joe yep. Burrow in this draft. He throws it better than anybody. Um, it's just a matter of getting comfortable with his decision-making, with the turnovers, the way they were this year. You know he lost nine starters. You know the coaching staff changed over. He's playing with inferior talent against superior opponents. But still, at the end of the day, you can't throw late to the flat. That's football 101. You know, too many pick sixes, um, and the decision-making is a little bit flawed. So if you're confident that you can get it out of him, and in my opinion, if he can go somewhere where he can sit, which is New Orleans or Green Bay, it would be the ideal situation for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which leads to the 31st overall pick, the 49ers. I don't love their their second corner position here. You mentioned already the good chance they trade back on this thing if someone's looking to trade up. They don't have a second, third, or fourth. I, you know, I don't even know if I like Richard Sherman for the, for the future. So I think they have a weakness at defensive back, and yet there is a safety that is still on the board that I have as a top 20 player 
And if they were to keep this, I know John Lynch. I feel like an, a, a, the first pick, let's get what we need to get better. But I'm shocked that Xavier McKinney has slipped all the way here. I know they have Jimmy Ward. They got Jaquaski Tart. They've got some guys. But I would think they would go best player on the board. And to me, Xavier McKinney out of Alabama, safety, best player on the board. They would find him and they'd find another guy who can play defense on that Robert Saladee. Well, that's a good option, Shregs. And if it was an even pick, I'd let you make it. But I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to let you make this 49ers pick for me. I just completely f that up. No, I'm sorry. I'm not, not going to. No, you, you look. You, you try. You try to. You try to get a little bite at the apple there. I get it. I, How I'm do you not interrupt me right when I start leading into this and say, "Hey, it's my no, pick"? No, I, we've been friends for a long time. I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the 49ers pick, and I yep. see Xavier McKinney. Xavier McKinney is uh, is my third best available player at this time. Uh, he's a great value for this point in the draft. I have him rated higher than where we're picking. However, my best available player, DeAndre Swift, they're not going to take a running back. That's not the Shanahan way of doing yeah. business, even though I, can you imagine him in that, <laughs> that <laughs> offense? Amazing. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, but my second best available player is a defensive tackle. And with DeForest Buckner moving on, even though they have that depth, you go get Ross Blacklock from TCU, who is very twitched up, very explosive. Twitched um, up. And you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to play a million snaps for this defense because they have so much depth. So it, as explosive as he is, now we limit his, his reps. Now you're gonna see an even more explosive player. So I, I like that fit for them at thirty one, although I think at the end of the day we both agree they're not picking here. No. Um, real quick on him, the Achilles, something you're familiar with. You had an Achilles injury in the last couple of years. The Achilles, is it a big red flag considering teams might look at it from 2018 or is, is the TCU defensive tackle going to be all right because it's a couple years removed? Yeah, I think the time helps you there. I always say that with injuries, the more distance you can create between the injuries and when you enter the NFL, the better off you are because we've seen you know what you look like in this new state and I think it'll be okay. Okay, 32nd overall pick is now the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, there's a guy on my board that is still not taken, and he's a player that I think can do a lot of things. And uh, Xavier McK- McKinney is my pick at safety. <laughs> I'm going with another one. <laughs> Honestly, though, I, I do I do um, go back and forth on this between whether whether a team would take Jeremy Chin, who might be a linebacker and not a safety, over a, a McKinney or a Queen or something like that. I don't have we don't have Jeremy Chin in our first round, and that and I, I regret that. I, I don't like that. I, I know he's going to be a first round pick. I just. I, I, I think McKinney's the pick here if the Chiefs have right it at 32. The challenge, the, the interesting thing with the Chiefs is that you look at the injuries that they had last year. So when you have Tyron Matthew, when he's fully healthy, he can play the nickel, he can play high, he can do a lot of different things. Um, then they have the the safety that they got from uh, from Virginia. Why am I splanking on his name here, Shregs, who got hurt at the end of the year? Oh, uh, great. Uh, Juan Thornhill. Juan Thornhill. Good pull. Um, so getting Thornhill back healthy, you'd say, okay, well, they have two safeties. Well, a lot of teams like to play with three. They use Sorensen yes. in a lot of those roles as well. Now you get McKinney, who I think is at his best when he's dropped down. So when you get in passing situations, he's almost like your dime linebacker would be McKinney. Um, you'd have Thornhill as your high free safety, and then you'd have Tyron Matthew covering in the slot as your nickel. Uh, that would be kind of a dynamic trio you'd have there that all, all three of them outstanding instincts. Okay, so we've done the mock draft, the first round. We have our board. Is there anyone that was not selected that you're shocked didn't go in the first round? To me, I've just look at the running back position. DeAndre Swift is a top 20 talent, and it's just going to come down to whether teams 
believe in taking it back. The challenge is when you look at needs, there aren't as many teams that need running backs. And then you factor in the depth of this class, which I think will penalize the position because you just say, I can get one in the third or fourth round that, that I really like. Um, so to me, he's a first round player that might not go in the first round when it all shakes out. One more question and I'll give my two. Is there a player that you love that wasn't selected in the first round? Player that I love that wasn't selected in the first round. Um, I would say, well, I love Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think he's going to be a great pro. I yeah. love that kid. He's, I don't think he's going to go in the first round, but I think he'll go in the early portion of round two. And I don't have the testing numbers in front of me, Shregs, but I know he ran like 4.6 flat. He jumped like 40 inches. So yeah. in short area bursts and explosiveness, like this kid's got it. And you, how many, how many times have you seen a running back – go into Tuscaloosa and completely <laughs> dominate Just a football game like Just that kid up. did. It, it was unbelievable. My guy, and I like Chin from Southern Illinois, but I like the Wisconsin linebacker. I don't have a place Zach for Bond. him. Zach yeah. Bond, yeah. I really like him, I think. Probably not inside, maybe outside in the NFL, um, but just a player that every time I watch Big Ten football, he was showing up on the field and making plays. And to me, sometimes, as as elementary as that sounds, like if I turn the game on and you're all over the field, I, I usually like that player in the pros. That's what Honey Badger was in college. Um, that's what How about that's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was in college. Like, don't overthink it. To me, I'm not comparing Zach Bond to those two all-pro talents, but I do think he was one of those players against good teams, was always all over the place, and I could see Zach Bond going top 25. Yeah, I'm a Zach Bond fan. So he's – I had hit the, – the guys that I had as my highest-rated players that did not go, DeAndre Swift, um, T. Higgins, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Zach Bond. So those would be my four highest-rated guys that did not get picked in this mock draft. But, one, again, it's one all more. scenarios. It, one pick changes, and it, it changes the complexion of the whole draft. Do you think, and my last question, because I've said my last question three times, we'll wrap this, and it's more becoming an interview than anything else. A um, lot of trades or little trades, considering the new format with the virtual thing? I think we'll see. I think we'll see the normal amount of trades in the first round because you have a chance to place those phone calls before the draft. We know where everybody's picking. Nothing's changed. Okay, mm -hmm. if I'm, if I'm uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys picking at 17, I've already had phone calls with everybody that picks in front of me. Mm -hmm. We've all agreed that if they want to get out and we want to get up, we have kind of the parameters of what a trade would look like. So then when we're on the clock, hey, is your guy there? No, he's not there. We want to get out. Okay, our guy's there. We want to come up. We've already hashed this all out. Let's do the trade done but when we get into day two and day three when the board is changing the picks have all been changing hands and all that chaos uh you know trying to get one of those trades done on the clock i think would be a little more difficult well i hope you enjoyed that as much as peter and myself did it was a, a fun time to get together first of all just to see a good friend but then to go team by team and look at the way this draft could change. I mean, one pick happens that you're not expecting and it changes the course of the rest of the draft. Uh, hopefully this exercise was a great example of that. I uh, do want to again encourage you, check out our episodes of the 360 series here at Move the Sticks. You can go to nfl.com slash mtsvideo or youtube.com slash nflpodcast to see the video portions uh, of those episodes. I think you will enjoy it. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for checking us out. We'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.